It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey, let's get into this. Depression. Depression. How broad is depression? What's the really the, the seriousness of this this ailment? Let's get into this. This is Joseph Brownlee, a body of Christ, real talk, and it's time for some real talk. The conversation The real talk today, the hot topic today, Espanol, for my Spanish listeners out there, is depression. Without either further ado, I'm gonna I'm gonna just gonna continue on the last segment I made about depression. I can call that depression one. And this is one of my hot topics, which is I think is hot topic number three or number four hot topic, but it's a hot topic. And it's dealing with depression. There's so much to say about this 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 disorder that uh that affects a lot of us around the world, you know, here in America, South America and around the world. You know, there's depression. Depression is very serious. You know, some people are somewhat start depression when they was young for one reason or the other. Some people are depressed because of certain trauma in their life or something happened in their life within their family or outside their family. There's different reasons why depression, you know. You can't pinpoint every single reason. But one thing I can say as a Christian is all caused by the enemy. And it is easy for me to blame Satan. And it's also uh, one of the symptoms of our, number two is also one of the symptoms of our dying bodies. Our dying bodies, just corrupt bodies, we, because of sin. Sin, Satan, sin, and self. I call it the three S's. I'm talking to the church now. You're going to understand where I'm going. I'm talking about the three S's. I like to, this is a name I gave. This is nothing in the Bible. This is just a little acronym that I gave them. I call it the three S's. And I, I like to talk about this when I'm doing, when I used to do my group sessions at the library and I used to talk to people, teach people. I talk about the three S's. Our biggest problem today for the world, not only uh, believers, is Satan, sin, and self. Listen closely. Satan, sin, and self. Those are our three biggest enemies. Satan, the devil, sin, which affects everybody mentally, physically, and emotionally, and everything, and yourself. Yourself is ways, and yourself is things like a way, uh, selfish things we choose to do in our lives are one of our biggest issues in this life. So let me just put emphasis on that. When you talk about depression, anxiety, and everything, Satan, Sin and self always the three keys of why we struggle certain things because of our struggles in this body, these dying bodies, because of our sinful nature that brings these elements, these imperfect bodies. So we're going to have struggles. Satan endorses certain things. He entices certain things. He 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 enters certain people. He depresses certain people. He does all these things for certain reasons. So we have a real big battle out there in the world with those three S's, Satan, sin, and self. 
you know, it's, it don't have to be in that order, but Satan has got to be number one, he's the number one instigator of all this stuff that's going on in our lives, you know, whether we want to accept that, whether you're a believer or you're an unbeliever, you know, Satan is the number one corporate enemy of what's going on with different ailments and different depressions and different... <laughs> Excuse me, oh, this, every time I get to talking, here we go, I get congested, you know, and uh, different things that goes on in our lives today, our lives today, you know, the saved and the unsaved, but the difference between the saved and unsaved is saved, we have the Holy Spirit, thank God, to get the, give us the strength and the power to get through a lot of these things, if we allow him, let me say that again, if we allow him to help us to get through these things and these struggles that we go through because a lot of us Christians do go through these struggles that I'm going to be talking about and mental Ill, illness and a lot of hot topics I'm going to get into. We, it's either around us or it's within us. It's either around us or it's within us. Uh, some of us, a lot of us struggle with some of these issues. Okay. So without any further ado, I wanted to get that out there to, you know, get that uh, out there. Another thing, you know, before I continue, my disclaimer is always that I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physician. I'm not licensed and none of that stuff. I just use common sense and I just educate people with some of the people that are licensed in some of these areas or they, they have a longer arm or they have a longer research in some of these things. And they will let you know they're not claiming that they're your doctor or anything. You get your own advice and stuff from your own psychologists, your own psychiatrists, whatever like that, but everybody is open to go to the Bible, the believer mainly, to get the best advice you can when it comes to prayer and stuff like that, and it comes to reading the Bible, because there is an answer in the Bible, we just got to learn how to believe it, say Joe, what do you mean, no, no, it's more than just reading it, we have to learn how to believe it, and apply it, and you know, and get the right understanding, and know what element is going, is, is, is for us today, because, you know, that's another, there's an issue about healing and, you know, all we have to do is pray this and it's going to go away. That is not true. That is not true. I'm sorry. To, that is not true because if it was, a lot of us have been on have victory through this right now. But that's another teaching. But I just want to, I just want to let you know there is a way that as a Christian that we can be able to go through it and tell God, give us the ability that we can be delivered. We can have victory even through this madness. Even if we carry this madness with us, we still can have victory through this madness, okay? Through depression, through anxiety, through a lot of struggles, but some of them must be dealt with and must be faced head on if we're going to look for total victory. But for the meantime, we got the Holy Spirit is there to guide us through it. Majority of the time, it's not going to take it away. Everything will be taken away. We will only have perfect bodies, perfect healing, antidepressed and antidepression when we get our new bodies. I'm sorry to tell you that, but that's the only way. If you hear my stomach growling, I'm sorry. I don't want that. <laughs> but I guess it's time to eat something. But anyway, you know, that's when we're going to be depression free. Panic attack free, anxiety free, any kind of ailment free, drug free, pornography free, all this type of sick stuff that's in this dying world where we get our new bodies as the body of Christ as a Christian, okay? As a Christian, okay? So some things we're going to have to deal with and struggle with, and the Holy Spirit is going to give us the strength to go, go through it, and that's our victory the majority of the time. Okay. All right. Now, what I'm going to get into now, I'm going to get into... uh. Uh, maybe a couple of entertainers, because I want to make this broad that you're, if you feel that you're the only one struggling with depression because, you know, you, it's a lack of money, it's a lack of uh, clothing, it's a lack of housing, it's a lack because you don't, you know, you're not, in, because it's a lack of being in the church, it's a lack of faith. I'm going to 
exposed and dispelled that because I'm going to let you hear certain people, entertainers, and even some Christians, they proclaim Christians that struggle with depression and anxiety. Because all that goes together. All these things I'm talking about, panic attack, anxiety, all goes together. Depression and mental illnesses all goes together. That's how powerful and how strong it is. And the enemy does use it to bring us down. The enemy does use it to bring us down. Down. Ooh, it's a bad time for my stomach to be growling now while I'm doing the show. But anyway, I'm gonna let you hear from this young lady. This is the entertainer sign of entertainers going through depression. I'm not gonna let you hear it all, but I'm just gonna let you hear their stories of how they cope with depression and everything like that. Okay. This is from I think her name was Taraji P. Henson. And she's gonna talk about her living with uh this depression and anxiety. And the reason I'm doing this, I want the people that looks at entertainment that goes to movies and stuff like that, and some of the famous actresses and actors do struggle with depression and anxiety. You can understand that Hollywood, oh my god, you can see they, they they struggle with stress and depression and suicidal thoughts and everything. And they look so victorious on on on, on camera because what? They're actors, they're actresses. And they don't you, they don't people don't know about the madness and the stress and the and the things they go through behind that. And a lot of these people are not saved. So they even if they can cope with it by not being saved, just imagine what a saved person can do. Huh? Just imagine what the Holy Spirit within us, what victory we have with this stuff. So let me get right to this. Okay, let me let's get right to this. This is Taraji. I think her name Taraji. I might be pronouncing it wrong. I'm sorry. Taraji P. Henson, uh, her struggle with, you know, depression and anxiety. Disturbing in our community, the African-American community, is that we can talk about a thyroid. We can talk about cancer, breast cancer, AIDS even. But we won't deal with the mental. And that's an issue. Yeah, this is Taraji P. Henson, actor, I struggle activist. with depression and anxiety. I would have to say, I realized it about well, two years ago. I noticed um, the mood swings. Like, you know, one day I'd be up and the next day I'd be down. Feeling like I don't want to go out in public. Almost agoraphobic. Like, ugh, too much to deal with. Uh, feeling really awkward in my skin. Feeling out of sorts, you know. And just down. Like, Debbie Downer. Like, a dark cloud and then there will be days where my brain wouldn't stop racing which would I would think of the most worst scenarios in the world <laughs> which would heighten my anxiety and you know people were like you just need to meditate and yoga and things like that and I would do that but my brain would still race for me there was now, semi water. She she hit the nail right on the uh, right on the on the head and I talked about that earlier. People mean well. Especially friends, but people mean well when you when you're going through something. And, you know, they, majority of the time they don't have the answer because if if the answers what they give you was so simple, they would be able to get through the stress and depression and the mess they get through if it was that easy and that simple. But I know a lot of them mean well, you know, because everybody a lot of people love to give you a therapeutic answer and everybody becomes a doctor and everybody becomes a scientist. Even through this pandemic and through all this other stuff, it seems like everybody's a science and a doctor now. <laughs> It's, that's crazy. But, uh, you know, people mean well and everything. Sometimes they, even meaning well doesn't mean it's going to be well for you and everything. But you can understand some of those things that they're throwing out there. May, it may work for them. does not mean it's going to work for you. Let me just put it out there. It may work for them. does not mean it's going to work for you and I. So I just want to put that out there. So don't take this as a formula of being healed. But, you know, just listen to the story. 
It was no shame when I started to recognize it. Um, it was like that I had to get some help because I'm the I'm the life of the party. And when When I go dark, I go dark. I don't want to leave the house. And my friends started to notice me pulling back. My father, who also had his issues with mental health, was really open about it, um, about his manic depression. But, you know, as I think back, no one else really talked about it. It was hush hush. Or, you know, he just crazy. Or, you know, things like that. For my dad, what he needed was a culturally competent therapist. And, and it's not even about the skin color or the race. It's about being culturally competent. And the reason why we can't find culturally competent therapists is because at home, in the African-American community, we don't talk about mental health. You know, it's, it's a stigma surrounding it. And she is so correct about that. Wow. I remember growing up about that when I struggled with my uh, whatever I had. I ha I don't have a name for because I never went to a psychologist or a doctor or nothing like that, you know. Uh, I never knew, but I believe it was, uh, it was probably had a little autism or my hand movements, my touching my hands or my my uh, exaggerations of seeing things on the wall and then I feel like I'm out of my body and I'm just going, going, you know, just mentally really struggling. And none of my family or a lot of people around me, not no fault of theirs, did not understand it, did not understand what I was going through, you know, far as that. So, you know, in a black, in America, um, you know, community, we don't talk about mental illness too much, you know, like the Caucasians and whatever like that. They get right on it sometimes and they do some crazy weird things, as you know. But we don't even talk about certain things that our struggles and mental things within our family. It is a stigma, you know. We don't even get into that. We need to do more. But when it comes to mental illness, we blame it on this, we blame it on that and everything. It's a lot of young blacks that don't even do drugs and don't even drink and everything and commit suicide. Youngsters commit suicide from, and nobody understand why. Commit suicide and stuff like that. You know, it's a lot of that. A lot of that is going on in our black community and everything. She's correct on that. You know, kudos on that, sis. And when you have no one to talk to, what a person usually do is they will try to self-medicate. We're just not allowed to be vulnerable. We have to be strong uh, all the time. This is four hundred years of damage. 400 years of trauma that we have not dealt with. And the way we deal with it is be strong. Put on a strong face. Nothing's wrong with you. You don't have mental health. You're not gay. Don't, you know, you're not allowed to be human. That's a lie. <laughs> we hurt and we're suffering. When you think about the trauma the African-American community has been through since we've been brought to this country, we... Hey, what's up, bitch? What's going on? Just doing a podcast down here. <laughs> I'm just doing my radio podcast down here. No, man, I don't. I don't blame you, bro. <laughs> I don't. Man, I didn't even know you was here. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, man. I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, this is my off day. Using my off day, I do my little podcast radio. Yeah, well, usually I don't do nothing anyway. I usually do it This is me, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. That. I, that's all I, I don't do. Nothing, bro. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks, Benny. I appreciate. It. Be safe, bro. Okay, thanks. Okay. To those who visit Mickey D's for their favorite breakfast item, and then go somewhere else for coffee, give this Mickey D's brew a second chance. The glow up was real. 
Try any size iced coffee brewed with 100% Arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with a savory sausage McMuffin with egg for $2.79. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. We have not dealt with that. And then you get to these microaggressions that are happening right in front of our faces every day on television. Women's sons are being taken from him for no reason at all and through that we still have to be strong how fucking dare you how dare you how dare oh i didn't expect that but that's what you get sometimes when you unedit i didn't want to get that on here and everything maybe i'll try to find a way to edit it but at the same time you know this 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 is what they go through i don't want i don't like the uh the profanity on here but you know, that's what I'm going to hit. That's going to hit. That's going to happen once in a while. I'm sorry for that. I didn't mean to get that out there, you know, but, you know, I, somewhere I'm going to try to edit that, you know, as far as that, I'm going to uh, find out how to edit it and everything. But I'm going to stop that right there because I didn't know all that was going to come out. But I need to be prepared for stuff like that. And she was getting angry. You could see, I believe that the F-bomb came out because she was getting angry. And you could see it in her face. You know, I could see it in her face, you know, when uh, because she was really, she's really passionate of what she feels. She talked about the 400 years, I guess she talking about the 400 years of slavery. And that's something about as a black community, you know, we, and that was a tragic thing. Slavery was really rough and it was really bad on our people. Yes, there's no doubt about that. I'm, I'm with that and everything. But everything is not also, everything is not because of that, in my opinion, is because of that. There's other avenues because of what we are going through sometimes we can keep ourselves in that slavery mentality sometimes you know and she might disagree or whatever like that that's okay but this is what i'm feeling about this you know and uh but that's her point i'm not gonna argue against that i'm not here to talk about slavery or why we go through our depression because part of that is true a lot of that is true why we go through certain things it's because of that part of that but at the same time us in this generation as black men and black women and everything it's not because of that it's because we was told we struggle with these things because of the 400 years of slavery. And I just don't agree with that, you know. I just don't agree with a lot of that, you know. But that's just me. But anyway, excuse me for that F-bomb. But that's going to happen when you're doing it live on my part. And I don't re... I should have just replayed this and got it through. I, I went so far, but I didn't get I didn't get into her angry part. But that's part of the anger that this young lady, this actress, is suffering through. And I know she's going through it being in Hollywood and stuff like that. Let me try to find another clip uh, of something right there. And that was the actress uh, Taraji P. Henson. A lot of you that uh, watch her movies, she's a pretty good actress as well. You know, watch your moves and everything. So let me go to someone else. This is about, I don't know, who is this? Kiki Palmer. I'm going to let you talk about Kiki. Here, Kiki Palmer, whoever this is. I guess this is another actress. I'm going to let you hear another, uh, uh, you know, uh, excerpt of these actresses. And some actors that go through a lot of depression and suicide, you know, and anxiety attacks and panic attacks as well, you know. So I'm going to let you hear her 
and hopefully she doesn't. Some of these things I'm just not playing myself. I'm just listening to it myself and what I should do. And I'm still learning podcasts. And I need to re-listen and pre-play these things before I even put it on my, my podcast because I don't want certain language in there. But at the same time, I let it go. I just let it go because people's frustration gets out like a young man. And sometimes I just let it go because this is just real life. It doesn't mean I promote the way they talk, but this is just real. This is just the way they are, man. You know, you got a lot of Christians that still cuss, you know, I'm not promoting that, but that's just where it is when you're angry and frustrated. You throw out some bombs. Okay, this is. So we were backstage. Dr. Oz. What happens live. Yes. And, you know, the show's great. We're partying. Oh, my God, it up. It's so fun, yeah. But when we went backstage, you started talking to me about some deeper stuff happening in your life. Yeah. Some of the anxieties you've been through. You talked about depression a little bit. Yeah. When did that all start? Um, I think when I first started noticing that I like had anxiety or that something was, you know, I wanted to start. Now, her name is Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer, she's an author. Really express them. I had no a black American. For what I felt when I was around, um, probably like 15, 14, 15, 16, you know, like those ages is when I really started looking up for ways to describe what I felt. And the words I came across were stress, anxiety, uh, and depression. So the child acting you were doing. Which you started around age nine, right? Yeah, uh-huh. How did that play into this? Um, I think when the way that so she's a child actor as well. I'm not too familiar um, with her. Maybe you are. You know, maybe those things just being kind of a part of life was the fact that I was not always able to feel like I was okay to be myself. Yeah. Trying to having pressure, trying to uh, continue to feel, you know, this personality or idea that people had to me had of me that was really uh, hard for me um, growing up yeah the word breakdown comes up the time when you sort of yeah hit the bottom mm-hmm. um i think when i was 17 that was the first time i had told my parents like i really want to go to a therapist you know i'd done some research and again coming from where i come from these aren't things that people are openly talking about you know i come from robbins illinois which is like a very small town and just Oh, Robbins, Illinois, next door neighbors here in Chicago. I did not know that. Her name is uh, Kiki Palmer. She is an actress. For the ones that want to know who the voice is that you don't hear, but you hear the audio, her name is Kiki Palmer. She's a black actress and everything. I'm putting emphasis on the color so you can just understand, you know, who this person is. I'm not going to be saying this person is white or this person is black and everything, but this is just the, the black um, uh, the black American aspect of depression and everything like that. You can get into the Caucasians as well. But I'm just letting you know in a black American ethnicity perspective or depression that we suffer through, through our lives as laymen, as actors, and as Christians as well. Okay, let's continue. Just got a gas station a couple of years ago. You know what I mean? Like it's a very, very small town. And so when you're, you know, depressed, you're lazy. You know, when you're angry you know you, you, it's not because you've experienced trauma and you don't know how to express yourself it's just you're a bad person yeah. so i never had a way to describe these things and so once i finally realized what was going on i said okay i just need to talk to somebody but what happened that made you feel like you're out of sorts was there a moment you realized i gotta turn this around it's not going the right way um yes probably i think it was just a, a, a point i'd hit with my parents and realizing that there was no way i could really communicate with them any longer what I was experiencing and I needed to get outside I need to get outside of that outside of my family structure to really understand the problems that I was going through one of the beautiful things about you and I've learned a lot about you over the last few weeks and this is her book by the way it's called I don't belong to you 
Okay, I'm going to stop there right there because he's going to get into books and stuff like that. I don't want to get into all that, but I just wanted to give you a little picture of uh, her name is Kiki Palmer. She's an actress, and there's a lot of actresses and actors goes through it. I just wanted to put a, put a handle and put a picture on the uh, the black Americans. And the reason they, they call themselves African Americans is okay, but I just consider myself just a black American. I'm black and I'm American, you know. But what I'm, I put emphasis on that is because a lot of us black Americans don't talk about mental health a lot we don't understand depression we might use it but we don't we need to educate ourselves about what is depression that's why i started off this series on what is depression the same as i started off with what is panic attacks the difference between panic attacks and panic disorders the difference between anxiety attacks and anxiety disorders because there is a difference in us as black americans we need to understand that everybody needs to understand that but i believe us black americans we don't educate ourselves or self-educate ourselves on certain things like that in disorders and our and a lot of the problems that sometimes we do, and even some of the crimes that some of us black young men, I believe, commit, is because of a part of, of depression, a part of uh, what they call it, a part of being, uh, a part of being noticed. You want to be noticed, a part of whatever like that. A lot of young men have young parents themselves. It's like babies having babies. So I believe in a black community, especially the black young men, a lot of this is caused, you know, by stress and depression and everything like that. But I always put it on the number one enemy is Satan. I'm going to keep saying that the number one enemy and the one and the one one the number one puppet master is always going to be Satan. Satan, sin and self. Sin Satan, because he orchestrated, he uses that. <clears throat> and sin, sin is the corporate of all this madness that goes on in our lives. So as a as a uh, as a spiritual way of looking at it, and the way God knows what's going on, we look at it as chemical imbalances because of our environment. Yes, that's part of it because. But we gotta remember, we a lot of us as Black Americans wouldn't be in these bad environments, you know, for one reason or another. Whether it was from the Caucasian or whether it's from ourselves that start these things, it's because of the cycle of sin that created this. That was started by Satan. Okay. And that's free of charge. I just want to get that out there. I keep saying that because I don't want everybody to think it because of, uh, you know, things that's happening. Things happen bad in life, period, because of sin and Satan, period. Let's just get that off the bat. Things happen in your life, first of all, because of Satan and sin and then yourself. Because most of us are selfish more than what we think. We are born selfish. When a baby come out. A baby come out crying. When a baby gets older, a baby a selfish. Let me prove that sin is in a child. A child wants their way. They 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 demand their way. They hate for they don't want to hear no. Even when they just eat, they will feed themselves until they bust open. You come out fussing as a child because of that sin nature. It's part of the sin nature. Ailments in children, different deformities in children because of the sin 
ailment because of the sin nature, the imperfect body. Okay, I'm not going to get to that. I talked about that in another podcast, but my point is I'm talking about the black Americans with depression and anxiety because we suffer more than, and sometimes more than the Caucasian and anybody else, but we don't talk about it like them. And we need to. We don't talk about it like them like they do. You know, they do videos. They look into things and everything. You know, they talk about certain things. I'm not saying they don't have these problems. They got a lot of issues. Yeah, that Caucasians, you know, they got a lot of issues. And we we got a lot of issues, but we don't talk about it like they do. You know, we don't have a get around a family table. We might pray and talk about loosening and binding and stuff like that, but we don't talk about the main issue of mental health and mental struggles. I never got that growing up. I struggled, man. Man, I struggled. And once in a while, that struggle comes back and forth, man. I mean, I, I struggle, man, with my thoughts. I struggle with my, my, my. You know, I'm not so much depressed, but the, uh, the anxiety and uh, I don't know what it is, the mental issues. I struggle, bro. I struggle, ma'am. You know, so I know this is real. But like I said, you know, hey, I don't give up. It's because of the power of the Holy Spirit that's in me that get me through these things, church. That gets me through these things. All right. I know this is very serious thing. And, uh, you know, it's, it can be, it's sensitive to a lot of people, it's sensitive to myself, but it doesn't make me sad. It makes me grow stronger. It makes me stronger because there is a victory. There is light after this tunnel with the struggles that we go through. Okay. Okay. But I'm not going to get into me a lot. I'm going to talk about that in mental illness, but let me try to find one more and just go through there. Okay. Let's see here. I hope this is helping you all just listening. I really hope this is helping you all because it's for educational purposes, you know, not to put you on the couch or nothing like that. It's for edu- educational purposes. Okay, let's go to another one. Let's go to the Christian, you know, or the so-called Christians. I say, Joe, you be, no, I'm not being mean, but I don't, you know, everyone that said they're a Christian, I don't know if they're a Christian, but they call themselves Christians and pastors. I'm just going to say that they are. I have no proof. But, you know, but let's, that's another story. Let's go to this. And this guy, guy's called E. Dewey, whoever this is. And he's going to be talking to a pastor with depression. Let's see what this is about. Now, these I'm just hearing myself, but I'm not going to pay the, pay the these whole are 29 new story minutes. Headlines. But I'm pastor just going to pay who commits suicide Sunday stopped man from taking own life weeks earlier. Family pastor of Iowa Church commits suicide weeks after lead pastor gave thanks that church never had a funeral in five years. Now, his name is E. Dewey Smith, and he's talking about depression and suicide among pastors. Yes, pastors suffer with suicide. Christians suffer with suicide and depression, you know. So this is real, folks. This is real. Let me continue. He's talking about different pastors that uh, in depression or suffer with suicide. Let's continue. Grieving pastor commits suicide. Mom and son watch. Florida megachurch pastor commits suicide. According to the Schaefer Institute, 70% of pastors constantly fight depression and 71% are burned out. Meanwhile, 70%. Wow, did I know that? Wow. 70%. 70%. Now, this is according to his statistics. I don't know where he got it from, but you know, just say if it is. I'm just putting it that way because I don't have no disclaimer or no proof on this. But he says 70 percent, you know, it's worth looking into. Look at it. Look into that yourself because I like to be kind of factual when I do my show. But he says 70 percent. Wow, that's very high. 
I didn't know it was that high. But it's warfare. It's warfare, church. 72% of pastors say they only study the Bible when they're preparing for sermons. 80% believe pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families. And 70% say they don't have a clue. Now, I want to stop there because he says uh, that percentage, I think he said 70% of the pastors say they don't study and read the Bible until they're doing a sermon. And you might say, really? Yes. I, you know, I went through that. I go through that sometimes, man. Sometimes I can study to say something or whatever like that. And I said, man, I ain't even read the Bible. I ain't even read my Bible. I haven't even studied my Bible. I haven't even prayed. See, a lot of things I can tell you about me because I'm trying to help myself and I'm trying to help others with these struggles. When we Sometimes we just don't have it all, Christians. We need God's help. I don't have it all a lot of times. Hold up. Okay, that's my sister-in-law came down. I had to turn it off. Sorry about that. But, uh, but uh, like I was saying before, uh, you know, sometimes it's going to be a distraction coming down because I'm in my family house and everything like that. And I'm in, I'm doing this in the room. So, you know, I just want my hearers to understand that, you know, I do my podcast anywhere in all kind of ways. So uh, I had to just stop that because I was, uh, I got distracted, you know, something in the, in the area, they just had to use the area. Well, anyway, you know, yes, it's, it's pastors and Christians do struggle with depression and stress. Let me continue. A close friend. The Schaefer Institute also reports that 80% of seminary and Bible school graduates will leave the ministry within five years. It's not clear how many commit suicide, but it is clear that pastors are not immune to it. Hi, and welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Today, we welcome Dr. Okay, his name is Byron Tyler. I guess he finna uh, talk to East Stewart. I don't know if East Stewart is the pastor or what. But like I was saying earlier, you know, sometimes we can get so much of preparing for a sermon or preparing for a teaching and don't read the Bible ourselves. I know that I have done it before. I have done it before. And I'm talking about me. Maybe you don't. But I need some work on that myself. I have done it before and everything. I said, when the last time I read, now I read my Bible every day, but I'm reading and studying. There's two different things, church. Reading and studying the Bible is two different things. I read my Bible possibly almost every day. But studying, studying, it's a battle with me studying. Now, not because I don't want to, because I love the word of God. It's because I'm distracted with too much other junk. Let me just put it that way. Too much other junk and everything like that. I'm kind of distracted. So I just wanted to get that out there. And I'm uh, he's going to introduce you to somebody called, I think this is the E-Duel. This, this is 29 minutes long, but I'm not going to do the whole 29 minutes. I just wanted you to hear that. So I'm not going to even finish that. If you want to hear more about the struggles with pastors or suicide among pastors, go to YouTube and look for E-Duel Smith talks depression and suicide among pastors. Search for E. Dewey Smith talks depression and suicide among pastors. Yeah, I'm not going to play all of that. I'm just because of time frustration. It's not, like I said, it's 29 minutes long. And I just wanted to give you a taste that pastors do struggle uh, with stress and depression as well as laymen. And as well as, as we would call ourselves, regular folk, you know, regular folk. So, uh... Let me go to uh, one more here. This is uh, Pastor Perry Noble, Battles Depression. And let me, I'm just letting you know, you can find all of these on YouTube, Perry Noble. So you, you can listen to the whole outtakes on their struggle and battles. I advise you, you know, or I recommend that you do that to get the whole gist of what I'm, where I'm going with this. So let's go to uh, uh, 
Perry Noble here. We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. I remember sitting across the table from her and saying, church is bigger than it's ever been. Uh, our daughter's beautiful and healthy. Our marriage is good. In the world's eyes, I'm successful. And I hate my life. The pressures of pastoring were taking a toll on Perry Noble. He was overwhelmed, but not willing to admit that he was struggling with anxiety and depression. Instead, he kept working at a fast and furious pace. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. And my attitude was, I can do this because I'm Superman. I can do anything. I mean, I can preach seven you know, days a week. I can do all this stuff. I really was a control freak during that time period. Like, I wanted, I wanted control of everything. But this super pastor could no longer mask his depression and anxiety. Perry was preaching when he suffered the first of several panic attacks. So I started sweating and I couldn't control my breath. Felt like my chest was closing in. I literally walked off stage and handed my keys to a friend of mine and said, please drive me home. I can't drive. Perry. Now, you know, I know we're talking about depression, but like I said earlier, anxiety and panic attacks, all that is part of depression. I'm just singling out each one because, yes, depression and panic attacks are separately because there is a different and some of them depression brings a different type of symptom of panic attacks and panic panic attacks is more like you know you're you're wired about something you're really afraid of something depression is more like a downer uh, anxiety is more like a uppy 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 anxiety you pumped up for no reason you're scared of certain things depression is more of a downness and sluggish but they all lead to the same thing anxiety and panic attacks leads to depression or depression can lead to anxiety attacks you know something like that so that's why I'm just throwing it out there so that's part of depression too. Panic people that suffer dep depression could suffer from panic attacks and anxiety. Perry then started having suicidal thoughts. They began one day while he was sitting at a stoplight. It'd be awesome if they didn't stop and they just ran the red light and they hit me and they killed me and I wouldn't have to deal with this anymore. Then one day it hit me, well, if nobody's going to kill me and I want to die, maybe I should just kill myself. I realized I had a problem when I started thinking about ways to do it. For years, Perry had been telling others how to fix problems like this. Now, he tried taking his own advice. And I'm like, well, I guess I need to pray more. I need to read my Bible more. I need to be more involved. I need to get more involved in spiritual disciplines. Perry felt like he was doing all the right things, but still nothing changed. I wanted him to change my circumstance, but he wanted to change me. And he wanted to change me through my circumstances. Perry realized he couldn't fix this on his own. He went into counseling where he faced painful childhood memories, the loss of his mother, an abusive father. He'd spent most of his life working to gain others' approval, 
even in his role as a pastor. I was still in a performance mindset. I still believed that the bigger the church got, the more God loved me and the more he would approve of me. And I had worked so hard for God, not realizing that the thing that he wanted me to do is walk with him. Perry says through counseling, God began to heal the broken places in his heart. He also realized he had been neglecting the Sabbath rest. Here's reality. Every pastor in the world, and it doesn't matter if they have 10 people or 100,000 people coming to their church, is under significant spiritual pressure. What pastors do is they adopt a pace in life that's so unsustainable. I remember telling somebody um, when they confronted me on my pace early on, they were like, well, you know, you're, you're going too fast, you're going too hard. And I was like, well, the devil never takes a day off. And he was like, well, maybe the devil's not supposed to be your example. Maybe like Genesis 1, where God took a day off, should be the example that you strive for. Perry talks about his battle with anxiety and depression in his new book, Overwhelmed. Today, this type A pastor is intentional about resting, spending time with family, and just having fun. Learning to take... Okay. Pastor Perry Noble, I never heard of him. Maybe you, uh, some of you have, but that's just one of the examples of the struggles that pastors, you know, clergies even go through, and the church and the body of Christ. We, we, we struggle. And now, sometimes we bring stuff on ourselves. We bring this type of pressure on ourselves because we try to do so much in the name of God. You know, we try to do so much. And I'm talking to the body of Christ now. We try to do so much in the name of God. You know, we go to church. Uh, you know, we, we always at church. You know, church as in the building, as in works. And we do so much works because we're trying to please God. We might not admit that, but we're trying to please God. We're trying to do so much, you know, to win brownie points or whatever like that, you know, different things. And we're doing it, a lot of us do it from with a sincere heart in mind. We really do it to try to please God, you know. But like he was saying earlier, you know, he's trying to do so much for God. And God, all God wanted him to do, according to him, is to walk with him. And that's all God wants us to do is just walk with him, listen to him, obey his ways of obey the you know paul talks about a lot of uh things that what we should be doing in his letters the apostle paul talks about a lot of these things that we should be doing and mostly in his 13 epistles more some of us are more general to the believers that only for the believers and we have instructions through the apostle paul that what we should be doing but a lot of us like to go back and, and pull out the old testament and wonder why it's not working because they're not for us but you know the letters of paul is basically for our you know, it's like a mandate for us, not because of our salvation, but because of our walk that we need to be doing. We need to just go back there. Sometimes we just, as pastors, as ministers, as evangelists, we're everywhere in the Bible. And that's, that could be part of the problem, too. And I'm talking to the believer. We're everywhere in the Bible. We're pulling scriptures out of context and verses out of context. And we're pulling what from Israel. We're trying to bring it and try to create our church and trying to create our surroundings. We're doing certain things and rituals that was only for back, excuse me, time past for Israel. We're trying to bring it today and that bring, and we're trying to fulfill 
things that only the Holy Spirit can do that he was doing back then. Let me say that again. A lot of times as Christians and pastors, we get ourselves depressed and anxiety and in, in these kind of situations because we're trying to pull a rabbit out of the hat that was only used back for Israel and wondering why it's not working today. So we're trying to man make it and man do it and it's not working and it brings stress and depression and sometimes we blame God. Sometimes some ministers and pastors blame God or oh, one for me today. You got one church here, you got another church in another country. You got this church over here, but you saying it's God, but you stressed out. People stressed out, it's not enough money. You got these mega churches and you bring a lot of that depression and anxiety on yourself. This is another problem that you can bring this stuff on yourself. Some people are born and struggle with these things. Some people bring these things on themselves because of certain traumas in their lives. You know, you know, it you know, it, it hit a at a certain point where they bring it on. You could bring it on yourself. You could struggle with these things younger. I don't know what started. I believe it, it's something started my struggles. Something started my struggles, you know. So I stopped medication with gangs. I stopped medicating with marijuana and drinking and stuff like that, you know, because I wasn't comfortable in my own shell. So I started smoking pot. I love smoking weed. I more than I did drinking, you know. I drank. I smoked weed. I done all this stuff. I didn't, you know. I got into a gang. Something I thought I'd never do. Cause I was brought up better than that, you know. And I was brought up in a, uh, you know, a, a Christian home, a Christian, Christendom teaching and everything like that, you know, so I knew better, but I medicated myself by getting high. I medicated myself by drinking and people need to understand today. Why they, they, they said, why do people get high? Why do people drink it? It's something. It's a reason why you do. How come you're not just satisfied with just being yourself? Hmm. You ever ask that question? Why? The person I used to drink or even drink today, and I'm going to get into drugs and alcohol and all that, man. That's another hot topic I'm going to get into, and I'm going to, I'm really going to get into that. Excuse me. Because the question that people don't ask is the why do I drink? And I ask those questions to other people. Why do you smoke marijuana? Why do you drink? Why do you do drugs? Why do you, you know, do these things, you know, sleep with so many women? Why do you watch pornography? There is a reason why we struggle. There is a reason why we choose to do those things. And it has to, number one corporate is Satan. He hits those spots that he know we are weak in. But it's always a reason why a certain environment do the same things. Why these young men, you know, and I'm talking about my black young men. Why all of them just look alike? They walk alike. They dress alike. The pants sagging everywhere. You know, they're doing this. They're looking alike. You know, they're smoking alike. They, why? It's a reason why. I don't know every reason, no. But there is a reason why. You don't just come out your uh, mother's room and start smoking pot. You don't just come out your mother's room and start snorting. You don't just come out your mother's room and just start committing, you know, going sleeping around fornication and everybody. You don't come out that way. It's something that triggered it. Sin. Number one, it's sin. Let's look at the spiritual power first. It's sin. Number two, it's Satan. See, as I believe you must always remember that the biggest whys that's causing this is the two S's, sin, Satan, and you got to say self. That's why I keep putting emphasis on that. Sin causes a lot of these issues. First of all, all these bad things and evil things and drugs and killing and murder is sin. Who's the corporate? Who's the orchestrator? Who's the puppet master? It's Satan. I don't care how evil these these people that's going on in politics and in the government, and there's a lot of wicked ones out there. It's demonic activity that's causing them and sin. 
those are the two mighty powers out there, Satan, sin, and then yourself, okay? But I want to just, I want to keep that right there because you can know the spiritual, it starts spiritual, then it, it affects us physical. Uh, it starts spiritual, then it affects us physical. Why are these things are going on? That's that's the answer to the why, first of all. But a lot of doctors and psychologists don't believe in God. They don't believe in the devil. So they try to look at everything with medicine and chemical imbalances and try to figure out the activities that goes on in your brain and don't know the master, puppet master, is Satan. And the main reason why a lot of things happen to our bodies, these things you're looking for, is because of sin. The imperfect body. Okay, that's another teaching. <laughs> Anyway, I hope you feel where I'm going. I'm going to stop that right there. What is depression? We talked about that. Then we talked about the signs of depression. We talked about that. Okay. Then we, uh, you know, we talked about symptoms. We talked about signs, you know, and uh, stuff like that. I'm going to do one more about a pastor. And so you can just really get in and you, uh, uh, this one is a pastor that's uh, burned out because of depression. You know, you wonder why pastors get burned out, but I'm going to hear a little bit of his story, let you hear it, okay? Let's, let's go there. Okay, I turn, I'm turning back on, but this is a pastor. I guess this is a pastor that's uh, somewhat was depressing burnout. I just want to hear a little bit of that. Then I want us to talk about what could be some of the years. Okay, 22 years. Now, at some point, you started to experience burnout, which, of course, is really common among um, leaders. How, what did burnout feel like? Well, I think I really didn't understand what burnout truly felt like because um, I just was just going, going, going. Mm. And I thought that it was just part of ministry, that I was tired and uh, uh, I would just continue to go. Um, you know, there's uh, there's a, a thought uh, that you kind of burn out for Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, of course. You know, you want to make maximum impact. And so it never Jesus really... Jesus would be pleased the more you burn out. Yeah, well, that he would be pleased the more that, that you're doing. And so I never really saw it as necessary. Now you hear that, like I was saying earlier, sometimes we try to do so much for Jesus because we think we're pleasing Jesus. You know, we're going back to works. We're going back under the law when we do that and don't even know that we are being burnt out because people did go around talking about, you know, it's okay to be burnt out for Jesus. No, Jesus, don't. he done everything already on the cross. We're under grace. He done everything already on the cross. We don't need, we, yes, we go out there and we do it because of Christ, but we, God is not looking for you to burn yourself out. We need to get out of this works because we start going back to the law mentality of things and then we burn ourselves out. It's not God doing it, it's ourself. That's part of the Satan sin and what else did I say? Self. This is really a selfish thing that we do. We're trying to please Jesus and we're trying to please our flock. We're trying to please people around us by doing so much, doing so much and the next thing you know somebody trying to be like you. They're trying to do this and everybody getting burnt out. They're getting broken and they're getting disgusted and you know far as that. So we need to stop trying to please God about what we need to do to please them. God is already, the only way you can please God is by him sending his son in you. 
You will be rewarded for the genuine work you do down here, winning souls to Christ. Not big and not building big mega churches, not trying to please God, but burning out and doing so much that brings depression, that brings anxiety, and that brings suicide. You start getting so big, you start getting into uh, premarital affairs and adultery and stuff like that. You know what? You wonder why you you're doing all this for God, but you're still struggling with pornography. You're still struggling with drugs and all kind of stuff, man. This pastor, you knew you heard of Zachary Tibbs. Zachary Tibbs. I had no idea that that man was doing drugs and even having extramarital affair and everything, you know, far as that. And when he uh, when he overdosed, that was uh, not so much shocking, but Zachary Timms, uh, I think Paula White uh, is in his church now, is pastor of his church now. But uh, his name was Zachary Timms, and he was struggling, you know, in his marriage. And I'm not saying that to put him down because I, I struggled with two divorces. So I know it's a, it's not a good thing. I, I'm, not, I'm not knocking him for that, that people that had divorced because I've been there twice, you know, and I had, I've done a lot of wrong mistakes in my, my, uh, my marriages. But anyway, he struggled with that. He, but he was struggling. In the, I, never, I wouldn't have had no idea that he, he done cocaine, you know, Files. I wouldn't have no idea. And maybe he was high even when he was ministering that day because that's a hard thing to break for. But I, I never done cocaine. I have done other things, you know, but I've never been addicted to any drug. I've been addicted to other stuff, you know, you know, and I'm getting to that later on down the line, but I've never been addicted to any drug. You know, I took drugs, but I've never been addicted to it, as far as I know. But, you know, we can be burnt out and struggle and have all these things going on in the name of pleasing God, burning out for Jesus. No, we don't burn out for Jesus. You don't need to burn out for Jesus. You can you are not pleasing him. He already took care of everything on the cross. Our righteousness is the we don't have a righteousness that please God. It's the righteousness of Christ that pleases God. It's Christ's righteousness. It's not our righteousness or our goodness or our works. It's his righteousness. You know, we do good works because we are righteousness through the we are righteous made by Christ. We don't do good works to try to please God. Let me say that again. We don't keep doing good works and burn ourselves out, you know, that to please God. God is already pleased with us already through his son, Jesus Christ, by believing in his son. Okay, let me let me get off there. Let me try to hear a little bit more, okay? Necessarily burnout. Uh, I just saw that maybe I was just a little bit more overactive than uh, than the average the average person. But eventually, it started to take a toll on you. It, it did. One of the things that I, I noticed that started to happen was my my emotions. You know, I would be easily frustrated. Uh, I would uh, find myself uh, being uh, a little bit more angry. I I would I was losing concentration. Um, my sleep was lacking. Uh, I would go to bed and my mind would be racing. Uh, um, I would start experiencing insomnia. Um, and, and so that was one of the things that, that started giving some indications. But again, I really didn't think much of it because I was really busy. I was traveling. I was you were uh, pouring yourself out for Jesus. I was. I was. And, you know, it, it's funny, the comments that my... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My wife used to say when we uh, when we first uh, got married, she'd say to me, everything kind of rolls off of you like water off a duck's back. Um, but that had changed. Mm. Like everything became somewhat of an irritant uh, mm. after a while. And so, again, the definition of burnout wasn't something like, well, here are the five things. It was just hey, I, I feel tired. And I think that was probably more so the feeling that I had was a, a feeling of tiredness. Or a term that I use a lot is, did you notice a sense of struggle? Uh, you know, actually, I, I didn't at first because, again, I was so active. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe and I you think, were using it as a treatment. By it, staying active, you wouldn't uh, be left alone with your thoughts. Well, and, and that's what I was going to say was that I think the adrenaline of being active was what was carrying me through. And there was never a point of um, being on a low, except for when I went to bed. Mm-hmm. When I went to bed, that was when I was left with my thoughts mm-hmm. because I'm, I was going from... Ooh, that is so true. That is so true in my life, you know, when I when I done ministry and, you know, and the danger of doing that, when you do ministry, sometimes the people will lift you up and sometimes you got to watch that. And it's okay for them to give you a compliment, but when they start lifting you up and they start, hey, Joe, you never, I used to hear that at work, see, like, you never get angry and stuff like that. I used to tell people, oh, yes, I do. I might not show it a lot, but yes, I do because it's build up. Because it's build up, and people can look at you. You know, he says his wife said things just roll off of you and everything. You know, and sometimes you know, you know, people would think that that things just roll. Things never upset you, but the majority of the time, yes, it does. We just don't react the same way. I don't react like you. I don't react like somebody else. But things does bother me. And another thing, when you say, you know, you can do. I, I'm gonna talk about me. Because I like to bring me in. When I when I do ministry or when I do something like that, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm on top of the mountain. Like you got some entertainers that does that. You know, I'm on, I'm out there. I'm doing a ministry. You know, I'm I'm fine. But it's when I get by myself, when I start seeing a real me. That is the battle. And still today, sometimes that's my battle when I get along. If I don't start praying and meditating and praying, I'm going to think the wrong thoughts and I'm going to get depressed and I'm going to get down and everything like that so yes he is he is very on the key on that and I, I struggle with that quite a bit going from morning to evening i had appointments that i had in the evening you know staff meetings and all those different activities that was was happening prepping for sunday morning but it was when i went to sleep when the kids went to bed when you know that i would lay there in bed and um I would, my thoughts would be consuming me and it would fill with negative thoughts more mm-hmm. than positive thoughts. So at what point did you realize that this was more? Yes, I'm going to end that right there, you know, because of time constraints. But yes, a lot of you can relate to that. I know I can. Uh, a lot of you can relate to that. And what I do on this show, I like to be real and I like to be open. No, I don't need to tell you everything. No, I don't need to get into details about my, my secret sins or my secret struggles no but i can be transparent about you that i do struggle with things that's not pleasing at all to me or to god you know to me or to god 
you know, and I want to be pleasing to God, you know, Father's dead. But I just want to, I do this show to be open, to be transparent and let you know, uh, like this minister used to say, and it's something I do agree with T.D. Jakes on this, even though I, as a lot of things I don't. I agree with him on this when he said, you got to let some people see your wounds. You got to let the people know that you do have some type of wounds, you know. You don't have to get into detail because everybody talk about your business and they, 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 they take it the wrong way and they look at you funny. They don't want to be around you. But you got to let some people know that you do have some wounds. You don't have to tell them everything, but you have certain scars and that'll help them to open up and help them to, to, to be strong and stuff like that and everything. So so, you know, we need to do that. You know, as believers, you know, we need to do that. Okay, I'm going to stop that there. Now, you heard from laymen. You heard from people, probably people that struggle with depression around you. You should have some type of idea what depression is. If not, just Google it. I can't tell you everything here. It takes too much. It takes hours and hours of time, but you have to do your due diligence, you know, and look for this stuff yourself. If you're interested, you need to know what's going on within yourself spiritually and, uh, you know, and, and earthly on this earth because it is about, you know, far as that, you know. And you need to search these. I'm just giving you a little uh, uh, a head start for you start searching these things out yourself and finding some help whether it's from psychology from from christian psychologists my first preference for the believer if not just find some type of psychology or someone you could talk to you know and just just air out sometimes because sometimes you just need to air out about your struggles or whatever it is but we're talking about depression right now i'm gonna just mental illness you know on uh, ending this mental illness and suicide i want to get into maybe a little autism you know and uh, I want to talk about that on the next segment, but you want to know right now what are some of the healing or things that you can do about uh, depression. I advise you to start Googling and YouTube. I'm not, like I said, I'm not your psychiatrist, psychologist. You know, I don't have a lot of answers to that. I can, I can, you know, uh, recommend certain YouTube channels and stuff like that oh my congestion when i get to talking and stuff like that but my main my main recommendations for you is to start youtubing certain things because i don't think i have anything that you have not heard of that you can do far as you know uh you know, send a psychologist or uh, some people need to see a psychiatrist, you know, if you can afford it or they got free programs as well. Some people go to medications, you know, if that's what you want to do. But I, I would not recommend medication, especially for the Christian, the body of Christ or whatever like that. But, uh, you know, there is different ways that you can cope with depression and get somewhat free of some of this madness that you're going through. You know, you know, that you and I that struggle with. But I just want you to know as a Christian, as the body of Christ, our number one relief medicine is the Bible and prayer. Our number one relief answer is the Bible and prayer. There's different things that we can do dealing with depression. It's mostly the same thing you can do with dealing with uh, anxiety and panic attacks. The only difference is panic attacks. You can do certain exercises and, you know, different things like that to cope with it, the breathing, uh, what, being around certain people. The rocking was for me. I rock back and forth for panic attacks. But depression is a powerful baby, especially deep depression. This deep depression, I always remember, deep depression is when you go you have these same symptoms that they, they talked about. You go back and check this out at least over two weeks. That means you were depressed. 
and that's the danger zone because you know that can lead to a lot of other ailments you know clots in your brain and different ailments your back heart attacks and different things whatever like that the pressure can lead to even suicide suicidal thoughts to even suicide it, it, depression can does a lot of things you know i mean it, it, it can so <clears throat> it's things for the christian to do you know mainly pray get around other uplifting believers Read your Bible, study your Bible, and do the best way you can. That's the number one medicine for us as believers. But other things, we can go see a psychologist, preferably preferably a Christian psychologist that really loves Jesus and going to give you the biblical perspective well as the uh, scientific perspective of your symptoms or your struggles that you're going through. But also remember this, that a lot of things that we go through is also demonic. It's also demonic and it's warfare. Now, for the believer, I don't believe a, a believer can be uh, be possessed by a demon, but I believe he can be oppressed. So, if some of it is spiritual warfare. It's oppressed. Oppressed bring a lot of these symptoms too. Sometimes we just need to pray and pray and pray against these certain things that and go against. That's going against us. It's warfare. So, a lot of this is spiritual warfare. Now, for the unbeliever, sadly, say some of them are possessed you have possessed and they're really depressed and they possess by evil spirits because you don't have the shield you don't have the rejuvenated spirit or the protection of the holy spirit to keep that demon from getting in you and everything so it is still demon possession going on and there's still demon to depression going on out there like i said i'm not a scientist i'm not a psychologist but but a biblical standpoint there i know about that much that it is a lot of demon and activity going on and the unbelievers and a lot of people are possessed and are possessed by demons and are really struggling because they're oppressed and possessed by demons but that's another teaching okay this is joseph brownlee a body of christ real talk there's a lot of things i'm going to uh, i'm going to uh recommend that you go to youtube and you look for different exercises yourselves see i want to give you things i want to give you the chance to do this yourself i'm not going to be looking for everything for you i'm going to give you some different causes and what causes and stuff like that but these are symptoms <clears throat> and uh ways to deal with depression is out there you know before I get too much deeper, if you go all the way to suicidal thoughts, yes, you need some help very seriously. You need to talk to a doctor. You need to talk to a, a psychologist. Talk to someone that you have these type of thoughts. The last thing you want to do is hold it in and keep it to yourself. The enemy would love for you to do that because, you know, there's a chance you might not make it. So the enemy would love for you to do that if you're having suicidal thoughts for the believer. For the unbeliever, the same thing. If you are not saved, you never gave your life to Christ, it's more of a struggle for you when you have depressed and suicidal thoughts. Please, please talk to someone. Please talk to someone, call someone. You know, I don't know if they got suicide hotlines. They got drug hotlines, uh, overdose hotlines. But I, I, they probably got suicide hotlines too. Talk to someone. You know, talk to someone. If you're not a praying person, talk to someone. You know that you're having these type of thoughts, so that you can get some help. You know, every, medication is not everything. It might subside it for a little bit, but my recommendation is not medication. But that's your choice. Just be careful just be careful when you when you're doing that stuff okay but if there's other exercises you can do or just getting around somebody sometimes that's what all somebody just need is to be around somebody okay but my my number one thing is for the unsaved and this is very important unsaved is to get saved 
Give your life to Christ by believing what he done on the cross. He's the one who can get you, get you through all this. Believe in his death, burial, and resurrection. According to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 4. Once you believe that, you will be saved. Your sins have already been dealt with. That don't mean you won't sin no more. That mean that don't mean you don't still have a sin issue. That just means that God is not charging you with sin. That's all that means, but you still need to be saved. So you could take care of the three S's this way. Take care of Satan when you give your life to Christ by believing what he done on the on the cross. Another way Christ dying on the cross will take care of sin. Okay, it took care of your sin already on the cross. Okay, so your sin nature has been taken care of. Your 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 penalty of sin has been taken care of. Okay, already on the cross. That's number two. That's taken care of on the cross already. Yourself, you can deal with certain things and certain scriptures in the Bible and certain ways to pray, you know, in your dispensation that can be dealt with. When you are a believer. So there's a, a hundred much, much better chance of you getting through this when you're a believer than you're an unbeliever. But don't get me wrong. There's still a lot of Christians that struggle with depression and anxiety and still Christians that commit suicide. Yes. But the only difference is they're still going to heaven. A person asks a little Christian, is it a sin to commit suicide? <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Oh. Now, this is the answer to that. If Sin, if our salvation was based on sin, then yes, there will be a sin for you to commit suicide and you won't make it to heaven if our salvation was based on sin. But our salvation is not based on sin. Say, Joe, what you mean? Our sins was already taken care of. God does not see sin in you. Now, he sees the junk that you do, the sins that you commit. Yes, he still don't like that. And because you say by grace don't mean you freely commit sin. No, we don't get that. But he's not charging you with sin. But sin still brings a certain penalty to you that you can lose your life early and you can go home early as a Christian because of your lifestyle. You know, maybe maybe you drink or maybe you struggle with other things, maybe whatever, because of your or drugs. If you're still struggling with that, not saying you're not saved, you can cut your life short and still go to heaven. You will have less rewards, you know, because you never really talked about nobody in Christ, but you will still go to heaven, but your sins will not be, you will not be judged on your sins. So if you commit suicide as Christian today, yes, you still will go to heaven because you're not getting judged by your sins. Now, for the unbeliever, they're not getting judged for their sins either if they commit suicides. No, God is not judging you for your sins because you committed suicide. It's just me because your sins have already been dealt with too as an unbeliever. You are going to be judged because you're unbelief of not accepting his son as your savior and believing that your sin was taken care of by believing in Jesus. Believing it is the important thing that your sin was taken care of by believing in this death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. I know that's too much for the unbeliever, but I'm trying to explain that to you the best way I can. Your sins is not blocking you off from getting to heaven. It's your unbelief of believing what Jesus done on the cross is death, burial, resurrection. So the bit, so if you commit suicide, I, I'm not saying, please don't. 
I hope not. If you got, please get some help for that. You will still go to heaven, but you don't want to go that way. You don't want to go that way. The unbeliever and brother, you commit suicide or whatever like that. You still will go to hell because you never accepted Christ in your life. Not because of your sin, because of your unbelief. Okay. I hope I said that plain enough. People might not agree with me, but they need to read the Bible more. You know, they need to look at certain issues of what really happened on the cross. How much the cross, the cross took cause the whole world sin, not just saved people. It took of the whole world sin. The only difference is that saved people are going to heaven, you know, while the other ones that got their sins took care of is going to hell if they don't believe in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's our belief in him against their unbelief is the difference between salvation and unsalvation. The sins have been dealt with with the whole world. Bam. I'm saying B-A-M, not D-A-M, B-A-M as a BAM. I had enough cussing on this already with that F-bomb. So <laughs> I'm sorry for that. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Search for these things that you can do to take care of depression. If you want more information on how to deal with depression, I will try to find the best way things that I can that's dealing with depression. But look those things up. You can Google it. You can duck, duck to it. Duck, duck, go it. You can look on uh, YouTube. There's different ways that exercises that you can deal with depression. But just do it now, church. Do it now, unbeliever. First of all, unbeliever, please get saved give your life to christ that's the most important thing in your life now and that's the most important thing god wants you to do is for all men and women to be saved and then you can learn and come into the knowledge of the truth this is joseph brownlee this is my series on depression the next thing i'll be talking about is suicide how does suicide and depression go together Stay tuned for that because that's going to be very sensitive as well as the other ones. You know, look this stuff up yourself. I'm good. I'm let you look it up. Find these things yourself. Look for these different um, pastors and what they've done and everything like that. You know, go and uh, look for those things. Look for pastors that's going through suicide. I mean, and depressing and the. De- depressed or anxieties and, tr- and try to find out some of the things that they was doing and try to find out what is the solution of the depression I'm going through because you are not alone okay you're not alone let us pray father right now I just want to pray for all of us I want to pray for the church today lord pray for us because we struggle with so many things I know I do father I just need your continued strength Holy Spirit to help me through the the, uh, the things and the stress and the depression and other things that I struggle with that I go through even today father strengthen us help us to come together as the church as ooh, my sinus as the body of Christ help us Lord bring us through this and father in the name of Jesus I pray your holy name amen excuse me for all those crazy sounds but I, I have a really congested sinus problems and it mainly happens when I, I talk so you hear those gross sounds I am very sorry I don't I don't like that on my show but you know I, it's just part of my my other problem physically that I struggle with when it comes to congestion and sinus and my nose God bless you all love you all this is Joseph Brownlee this was real talk body of Christ real God bless you. Stay tuned for the next, the continuation of mental illness when I will get into suicide and mental illness. Another hot topic. God bless you. Bye bye. Love you all. Peace out. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.